You're back for the Friday episode of the Locked on Irish podcast, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Today's episode, we have three more Notre Dame players heading to the Senior Bowl. We are going to have a discussion on the overall landscape of Notre Dame NFL draft prospects for 2021. And then lastly, we have more awards and recognition for a member of the women's basketball team. Before we get into that, I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my good friend Ryan Roberts, who is an NFL draft analyst, college football analyst, and the director of scouting with NFL Draft Bible. I am Joe DeLeon, former college long snapper at the Division one level. So Ryan, we of course, and I think we even jokingly said it on the last show, that there is a pretty strong likelihood that the guys that we tried to predict and guess as the next invites to the Senior Bowl would likely probably get invited by the time the show actually comes out. Well, what do you know, three more guys, and I think pretty much all of them, the guys that we predicted, ended up getting those invites. Uh, Jim Nagy also even told us directly to our account that there were going to be more coming after uh, Adi Ogundiji was invited. So right now we got three really talented guys, Ryan. We have Ian Book, Robert Hainsey, and then Adi Ogundiji. That's a pretty good group so far, and I really don't think that they're done yet. No, no, they're definitely not done. We still have guys like Liam Eikenberg waiting in the wings, you know, for that invite. I will say, though, I actually, when we did our show yesterday, we talked about the next guys in line. I forgot to even mention Robert Hainsey, who is their starting right tackle, obviously, right, has been for four years after splitting the reps as a, as a true freshman with Tommy Kramer. The interesting part of that and why I'm excited to see Robert Hainsey down there, and this is what the Senior Bowl is designed for, I don't think Robert Hainsey is a right tackle at the next level because I don't think he's incredibly long. I don't think he's the most athletic guy in the world. So that's important for these tweeners who are going to go down there and you're going to put them in uncomfortable situations and ask them to do things that they are not typically asked to do. So Robert Hainsey is going to go there and he's going to play inside a guard. He's going to probably get some snaps at center. We might even see that during the season coming up here. So really important opportunity for Robert Hainsey. I did mention Adi Ogundiji, and we, we mentioned Adi Ogundiji as the bookend on the other side of Dalen Hayes. Probably would get an invite just because he kind of fits that athletic profile that you want at the position, at the defensive end position. He was a guy that was a lightly recruited kid who had traits that has really developed, and I'm excited to see him in those opportunities, those one-on-one drills. I talked about Dalen Hayes maybe not having the perfect profile to being a you know, really substantial sack artist. I don't know if Adi does either, but I think Adi's got better traits as a pass rusher than Dalen Hayes. It's just Dalen Hayes is a more versatile player. So I'm excited to see Adi down there. And then we knew Ian Buck was coming. We predicted that. Like, you're opening yesterday, right? Like, we talked about that heavily. He's the starting quarterback for Notre Dame. He's 28-3. and Jim Nagy loves him. Like, he was going to be down in Mobile, Alabama, so no surprise there. And it's really exciting to see, and I can guarantee that we have a couple more that are still left to be announced here. Yeah, the number one big one that I think is coming up very soon, and again, knowing us, knowing our luck, as we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, you're listening on uh, on Friday, rather, 
we're probably going to have Liam Eikenberg get invited by the time that this show actually gets up. So if he is invited, don't be surprised. You're tweeting at us like, hey, you guys didn't mention Liam Eikenberg. Well, he, we're a little bit behind on that when we recorded this episode. I really do think that if Hainsey gets the invite, Eikenberg has to get the invite. Maybe, and what I said to you beforehand, there is the possibility that Eikenberg is going to wait to officially accept the invite. Some guys are just like that. Some guys are mentally in the headspace of, I don't want to make any announcement or decision on this. I want to wait until the end of the season. It's obvious right now that they decided to wait until a good spot when things were co- like calming down a little bit. They waited for the bye week to make these decisions and these announcements. They also did it all at the same time for a reason. I'm sure they had this conversation of, well, if we're going to announce it, we, you know, we don't want it to be a distraction. We want it to be um, you know, a nice supple- supplement to things that are going well for us right now. We're going to do it at the very end of the bye week. So again, I wouldn't be surprised if Liam doesn't announce on Thursday or Friday that it might come sometime at the end of the season. Yeah, and I, I mean, Liam just kind of seems like the guy that's very laser-focused on the task at hand. So even though it is a bye week and this is probably the ideal week to make that announcement when the onus isn't on what's happening on the field, I, I feel like he might be that guy that just wants to wait until after what is what has been a great season so far, number two ranking, a potential college football playoff berth. Like, there's a lot of things that are happening a lot of offensive linemen don't really like the attention on themselves to begin with. So I, I can guarantee, though, and I mean, I, I will be very light on the guarantee because you can't guarantee anything. But I will say that I, I believe Liam Eikenberg is going to get down there. I think Tommy Kramer, the right guard, has a shot, too, to maybe have three offensive linemen from what is the best offensive line in all of college football. Aaron Banks is only a redshirt junior, but we'll see if he declares and if he's graduated in time, he might be another candidate this whole offensive line has so many guys that could potentially be in this game. We could see three to four guys, depending on the graduation status of a guy like Aaron Banks and the eligibility status of him if he declares for the draft. So exciting times for Notre Dame in a bye week. Gives us a lot of stuff to talk about, and then obviously it's a huge accomplishment for these athletes. And then the one wild card that we brought up on the previous show is Ben Skoranek, who maybe, maybe hypothetically right now after – the final big name Notre Dame seniors get the invite. Maybe he's not in that group because he is a little bit newer in terms of getting some draft hype. He's not really on the same level of notoriety as some of these other guys in terms of being mid round draft picks. So maybe if Skoranek finishes the year strong, has some big plays, has some good games, does some of the really great stuff we saw him do in the red zone, Again, and we already know Nagy is a fan of Skoranek's. He tweeted it out pretty vocally. Maybe he gets an invite a little bit later on, too. Maybe if there's an injury or something and they're willing to bring him in. Again, because there's there's no East-West Shrine game where you have that typical guys get called up when somebody gets hurt. Maybe that's the, the process for a guy like Ben Skoranek to get invited. Yeah, I, I will make a hot take here, maybe. I don't know if it's hot because we talked about Skoranek being a sleeper for the game. I think either one of... Ben Skoranek or Javon McKinley is going to be down in Mobile. I think one of those guys, because they have some traits to, to, to work with, they have bigger body guys. I would prefer Skoranek from an NFL draft perspective, but there's a lot of things to like about Javon McKinley, and he's had a couple nice games, you know, a couple hundred-yard games this year. He's probably been their most consistent wide receiver. 
So I, I think that one of those guys is going to get down the mobile. I just think the question is how much space do they have and which one do they prefer? Right. And I, I don't think that's a hot take. This is a Notre Dame podcast. You're coming out here supporting Notre Dame guys. It's not really a hot take. I think all of our fans are going to be like, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so coming up, we are going to actually give a a full breakdown of the most notable prospects on this 2021, um, or sorry, for the 2021 draft class on this 2020 Notre Dame football team, just so you have a sense of where these guys could possibly land. It's obviously early. Things are going to change vastly come combine time, pro day time, all that stuff in what is going to be a very weird draft cycle. Before we get to that though, folks, I want to share a message with you from our sponsor. You guessed it, Coors Light. The weekend is coming up. I know I am excited to relax. It is the bye week. That means, actually, it's the bye week for the Giants and Notre Dame, the two teams that I now cover. That means I don't have any work this weekend. And you could probably bet I'm going to be drinking Coors Light when I'm hanging out with my friends. These days, it seems like life forces us to be on all of the time. But every now and then, it's important to stop and hit that reset button. That's when you reach for the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill these days everything is go 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 it's nothing but non-stop hustle all the time work friends family a million pressing issues and an expectation to be on 24 7 sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset and that's when you reach for that Coors Light mountain cold refreshment made to chill Coors Light is cold lagered cold filtered and cold packaged it is literally made to chill it's as crisp and refreshing as the colorado rockies perfect for a moment to unwind Coors light is the one that i choose when i want to relax when i want to unwind when i want to take that break at the end of the week so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that is made to chill get Coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com celebrate responsibly Coors brewing company golden colorado Ryan, now we're going to have a bit of a different discussion than we've already had about these prospects getting invited to the Senior Bowl, possibly getting invited in the near future, because there are some juniors in the wings, some guys that are redshirt juniors that we're not entirely sure what their decision is going to be, but overall it's a pretty senior-heavy group. I think the idea here is just to highlight the names that are catching your attention as somebody who has access to a lot of NFL draft information. You have conversations with people within the industry that can actually give you some realistic understandings where some of these guys can be. And of course, I say to Ryan, Ryan, can we get eight to 10 guys? I think that would be perfect. Ryan gives 11, just to let you know how much Ryan knows about these guys. (laughs) I'm sorry, Joe. I apologize, man. You wanted thorough. You wanted in-depth. You wanted comprehensive. (laughs) I am giving you what you asked for, man. I'll start with the guys that we probably won't see in the glass, and that is specifically Jared Patterson, who is their center, who is now injured, will be out for the rest of the year. So I think that that is obviously going to negatively affect his draft stock to a degree of I, I thought he was going to be good enough that he could have potentially came out as a retro sophomore, which is saying a lot for a guy at Notre Dame, right? Like we don't usually see offensive linemen, even the Quentin Nelsons of the world, leave as redshirt sophomore. That's a rare feat. And a little side note, apparently next year he might be in line to being the left tackle when Elaine Meikenberg leaves from what wow. I hear. 
which is pretty – I mean, he's a 6'5 kid, so it makes sense to a degree. He's got length to him, but uh, he's definitely a guy to, to keep an eye on for future drafts to come. Aaron Banks would be another guy, the guard. I, he's a redshirt junior, so he still has another year. He's kind of overshadowed in that offensive line, but I think that he's very talented. So we'll probably see him go back for the uh, 2021 college football season, so I don't think that he's going to be in the 2021 cycle. The guys that for sure that I'm very certain are going to be in this cycle, even though that they have an extra year if they choose to use it, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, how talented is this rover linebacker slash safety? I put him in the first round of a recent mock draft at NFLDraftBible.com about two weeks ago. I, get, I think like 17th overall to the Cleveland Browns. So he is firmly in that conversation. We talked about him maybe being a mobile guy if, if the graduation status is, is good and he's, he's a graduated senior in December that he might be eligible for that game. And I think that he would deserve – that, that opportunity. Liam Eichenberg, offensive tackle, left tackle, been starting for three years. He's a guy that I believe will be in the first two rounds of the draft. Some people like him in the first. I think he's more of an early day two left tackles. I don't think that he has any outstanding traits. I just think that he's very very solid all the way around. Dalen Hayes, Adi Ogundiji, both defensive ends. I think they're day three prospects. Depends how well Dalen shows in the versatility aspect when he's down in Mobile and how he moves in space. He could be a riser to somewhere on day two, but I think they're both day three edge prospects with traits to work with there. Um, Ian Buck, we have to talk about a little bit. He's had a nice rise for sure here. I, I think he's still a day three pick. I think that there are some limitations to his game, but hey, teams will always value potential backup quarterbacks who can who can come in and spell starters when Injuries happen, inconsistencies happen. So I think that Ian Book does enough inside and outside of structure to offer that ability at the next level. Tommy Kramer has been talked about for a long time. Starting right guard, uh, has been draft eligible now for three years. I just don't think he ever took the next step. I think he's a day three developmental guard, but I I think that there's not a substantial upside to him. I just think that he kind of is what he is. But what he is is he can back up a couple spots potentially on the offensive line. He can be a swing player inside Robert Hainsey who's going to be at the senior ball as well I also think that he is playing a little opposition at right tackle I think that when he gets down to mobile he's going to take some snaps he's going to play inside a guard strikes me as a swing player that can back up all five spots potentially but he's never going to be a starting option I think so another day three player with value as a depth piece and then it, uh, the wire series we talked about, I know I'm rambling on here folks I apologize but you want a <laughs> comprehensive so we're giving you comprehensive Ben Skoranek who I think is another Senior Bowl candidate who is a Northwestern transfer. Really nice traits in sense of size. Um, that has enough athleticism. He blocks his tail off. I think that he is a guy that's just going to grab onto a roster spot for a long time. Probably another day three player, as well as Javon McKinley, who's not really had the consistent success at Notre Dame, but he's taking full advantage of his senior year this year in 2020 season. So he's got to keep an eye on. And the last guy, Nick McLeod, NC State transfer cornerback long not super athletic not super flexible might be limited might be a guy that might even move inside down the road but another guy that I could see someone taking a flyer on late day three because he has a size physicality components to his game that I think that some teams are going to value heavily so the the names that really stick out to me here one Jeremiah Usakoromoa has been a serious riser over the past few weeks he is somebody that I think a lot of people are starting to value what he can bring to the table with a linebacker group that has an elite prospect with Micah Parsons at the top. 
he then puts himself into that 15 to 30 range, 32 range in the first round. If a team is looking for a player with a diverse skill set that can be used on multiple levels. So I, I really like talking about Owusu Koromoa. I actually just recorded a show about um, draft prospects for the Giants in the first round. And I said, if the Giants are hypothetically drafting in the in the late 20s, if they somehow manage to win the NFC East, even though that's a, a crazy take. But yeah, I'm trying to include any possibilities here. I said that Owusu Koromoa would be a guy that makes sense in that range and would work really well with what Patrick Graham likes to do defensively. But I just want to touch on before we get into our next segment, I think Ian Book, people need to realize he's playing really well and he's outperforming expectations and he's also making those who have doubted him look bad. But we we need to come back down to earth when talking about his draft stock and his potential in the NFL. He's not a very big quarterback. His arm talent is marginal. What he does provide is good leadership ability. He provides some consistency when it comes to accuracy, but he's not a player that's going to stretch the field. He's not as dynamic as some of these other guys in the class. So I think that it, it is a good thing, and we just need to recognize that because of those physical limitations, he would be a really great backup quarterback for your team. He's coming from an elite academic institution, so you know that he's a smart kid. I just think that, that what you're getting with Book, it's okay to say, this is going to be a really good backup quarterback that has the potential to stick around on a roster for a really long time. Yeah, and I feel like with the, with quarterback play in general, the terms that you'll hear in scouting is ceiling and floor. For me, the the ceiling for Ian Book is not very high because, like you said, he lacks arm strength, he lacks size. He is just that quote-unquote gamer, another scouting cliche out there, but I think that he has a pretty substantial floor to last on an NFL roster and be a backup because I think that he is smart. I think that he is accurate for the most part. I think he keeps you on schedule. So there's always something to be to be said about that, but I would agree that we definitely need to temper the expectations if the expectations are that Ian Book in any, in any world is going to have to lead an NFL offense as the starter anytime in the near future. Right. I, I wouldn't really have much of an expectation. Um for him to, to be a guy that teams are looking at to become their starting quarterback. This is kind of a weird comp, Ryan, and I know you don't like it when people force comps, but like I can kind of see him as like an Easton Stick type quarterback, a guy that gets drafted late, uh, played for a really good program. He played at North Dakota State. Not very tall, not really a super talented thrower of the football, but just has that value that if you ever needed to start him and put him out there, he can do it. And Anthony Lynn loves him. He says he loves that. There's a reason why they keep him as their third quarterback. It's because he loves his personality, thinks he's a great, great locker room guy. Like that's what Ian Book is going to be if he sticks around with the NFL roster. Yeah, yeah, and, and he, again, it's it's the keeping a team on schedule, right? So like, if Ian Book has to come into a football game, he's not going to kill you. He has shown that with good things around him, because Notre Dame has had a substantial amount of talent around him. He's twenty eight and three, right? And and we don't want to quantify a quarterback success by quarterback wins, like that useless stat. But there is something to be said for a player that when things are going well, you don't negate that momentum. You keep it firmly going in the right direction. So I think Ian Book definitely has a role. I'm just not sold on the upside of him ever being more than a spot starter backup option. But again, that that position is very important. And if you can grab onto that hole, that that position, and you know, really assert yourself and then keep that role for a long time. 
hey, man, you make a, a good living off of holding the clipboard, <laughs> right? Like, like clipboard Jesus, right? Like always talking about him. And um, some of these guys, Chase Daniel, and all these guys that just haven't had a substantial role on a team. Um, and uh, Touchdown Jesus is Charlie Whitehurst. that just popped into my head. Like those there guys – they're never going to be like you're never going to remember them a long time from now. But you're going to look at them and say like, "Wow, they made a lot of money backing up playing quarterback, man! Like it's a good living if you can make it." So, yeah, and you get to stay close and around the game. In a few minutes, we are going to provide you an update on the latest Notre Dame women's basketball player to receive an invite. Sorry, not an invite, rather to receive a, another award watch list recognition. Before we do, though. Ryan, do you have a message for our listeners? Yes, sir. And I would say, again, if you have listened to us, now what is this, Joe, three weeks, I believe, right? Sure. We are. Yeah, let's go with three weeks. And I will tell you, what, whether it is talking to me now or it was talking to me months ago, you know that I am a big proponent of Built Bar and now has an even improved Built Bar recipe. It's even more delicious than it was before. It has 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new ones. If you are coming back to the game, we are talking caramel brownie. We're talking cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. It has a flavor for everyone. If you're a if you are like the original flavors, you're a traditionalist, you can go to the coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate cake, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, my personal favorite peanut butter brownie. It is the absolute best protein bar I've ever had. All these bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy on the go. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're also great for the keto diet. Some of the flavors include peanut butter, which has 19 grams of fat, only 180 calories, only five grams of sugar, only five grams of net carbs. We also have coconut almonds, cherry barcia, cookies and cream that have all that are all equally delicious and also still good for you. Built Bar has now reset the promo code for the relaunch. There is a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So it's a limited time offer. You should definitely go and take advantage of it now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. That's all capital Locked On. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Folks, if you're not already doing so, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and also drop a review. Do whatever you can to stay up to date. Also, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnIrish. So this remaining segment, we are going to recognize the women's basketball player who was put on the Naismith Award watch list for women's basketball players. But before we do, I just want to take a really quick hit on some news that literally popped up in the middle of us recording. Uh, Ryan, we have another commitment during the bye week. Three-star linebacker uh, Kahana Kia, definitely not pronouncing that right, from Hawaii, commits to Notre Dame. He's the number 56 ranked nationally outside linebacker and the number five recruit in the state of Hawaii. So that is another big ad. Just wanted to just put that out there so we didn't end up missing it on the Friday show, and you're not going to hear from us until Monday. So yet again, Ryan, we're getting another guy that Mike Singer had mentioned as a possible guy on the radar. Tom Loy is the one from um, irishillustrated.com that we uh, were getting this information from. Yeah, and he was one of the two Hawaii players that Notre Dame was heavy into right now, talking about Kia. And we did hear Mike Singer talk about that. 
And we're, we're going to be at a point here now talking about the the profile, right? Because he's about 6'2", 220 pounds. He's an athletic kid. Could he slide into the rover earlier? Is he a buck? Is he a Mike? We'll kind of determine that. But Notre Dame's linebacker group now is getting very, very well seasoned. We're going to be without Jeremiah Wusukoromoa most likely next year. Drew White's going to be a senior. Bo Bauer's going to be a junior. Like, we're really starting to get these guys a little up in age. So we're going to keep... Going back to going back to the drawing board, keep that 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 uh, stock fresh. And Kia obviously is a very talented player. And if you look at Notre Dame's success, pulling guys from Hawaii and the players that they've able to go back to, like talking about guys like Monty Teo um, and those guys that have had so much success at Notre Dame. Notre Dame has this little pipeline out to Hawaii, and Kia is going to continue to add to that. And right now, Notre Dame continues to add to their amazing recruiting class. They are already ranked eighth per 247 sports behind the likes of Florida, Clemson, Georgia, Oregon, LSU, Ohio State, and Alabama. So that's some big news. Did not want to miss on that as this is the Friday show. Um, You'll definitely see that in the description in the header, but obviously I did not lead in with that information. So to wrap us up now, Ryan, some fantastic news seeing more athletes at the University of Notre Dame receiving recognition for national awards. This is a preseason award. Sam Brunel, who we brought up last week when discussing award watch lists for the ACC, she is now on the Naismith Award watch list, which is a huge deal. The six foot two forward Sam Brunel um, is just adding to her long list of preseason honors. She averaged 13.9 points per game and 5.8 rebounds per game in 2019. This is just so huge to see for for another young Notre Dame player. It's it's not only the fact that on a consistent basis you get a lot of these women's basketball players. You'll usually have one that's on the on these watch lists, but we now have another underclassman being put on this watch list, which is just fantastic to see for a program that is trying to transition and build off of a weak season last year. Yeah, and like you said, the the Notre Dame bat, women's basketball team, we talked about this last week, it's, it's had such a great tradition at Notre Dame, especially over the last like 10 years or so with Coach McGraw actually doing an incredible job. Now, obviously, transitioning over to Coach Ivy, Sam Brunel is the – that's that's the that's the girl, right? When we're taking a look at games, that is the star of the team. Only a sophomore, but put up some awesome numbers. Being on that watch list, on the Naismith Award watch list, is a absolute honor, and we will certainly need Brunel to really show up huge this year. If Notre Dame's going to get back to those winning ways, we thought we talked about, you know, we think that it was just a little bump in the road, and they're about to really, you know, accentuate back to what success we've seen of them under Coach Ivy. And Sam Brunel is going to be a huge reason why she's an excellent young player and she's only going to get better, which is, I mean, for a player that averaged 14 points a game right around there, obviously a really nice freshman year, but we should expect a lot of her going into not only next year, but for the next couple years to come. Yeah, well, one thing you actually have to consider here, Ryan, you said next couple of years to come, I would be a little worried you're getting this early recognition for Sam Brunel. I wouldn't be surprised if she if she has a good year this year if she possibly considers declaring for the WNBA draft. That was the the big issue a couple of years ago why they they almost fell off and had a bad year last year. Actually not almost, they did fall off because they lost a number of seniors who were drafted very highly in the WNBA draft. I don't know off the top of my head the restrictions for when you're allowed to declare. I think it's pretty similar to the NBA draft, but I, 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Brunel decided to declare early. But regardless, though, I don't think this is the the end of her getting additional recognition. It's just big in general to keep seeing strong recognition for your top players on a program that is set to rebound. Yeah, and like you said, large recognitions for a large player. She's she's one of the tallest players on the roster to begin with, right? 6'2". And I agree, she's definitely probably a person that's going to be on the um, WNBA radar whenever that comes uh, but I, I'm gonna hope I'm gonna hold out hope that she isn't an early declare. I don't know how often, to be <laughs> honest with you. Like, do, do college basketball the women's college basketball players do they declare early for the draft often? I feel like maybe Candace Parker did, if I remember re- correctly. But like, I don't. I feel like that doesn't happen too often. Um, I'm not. In, again, I'm not entirely sure. But I knew I do know that some prospects usually. It's kind of like with the NBA, where if you have these really top end, like the top ten picks. If you're in that range, you're typically going to declare. But if you're outside of that range, it's usually you're 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 usually better off going back to school. So hypothetically, if she does very well, I'm pretty sure that she does have that um, that ability to leave if she does want to. Folks, that is going to be it from us on today's episode of Locked On Irish. A lot of different things that we got to hit on in today's show. Monday, we are going to start changing our focus out of the bye week into. Notre Dame's next opponent, which is North Carolina. Make sure you follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon at Rise N Draft for Ryan and also at Locked On Irish. Please also hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on everything you need to know about our show and the latest episodes. If you're looking for something else to tune into and you want to focus on college football, head on over to Locked On College Football. I appeared on there once. Hopefully it's not the last time in in the future weeks but if you're looking for some college football conversations tune into that see you on monday folks have a wonderful weekend